your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. When it comes to the continued presence of the goon in hockey, we have only ourselves to blame. Because we've made the notion of the goon amusing. We've turned them into cartoon characters. Oh, they're great guys. They're so popular in the dressing room. Blah, blah, blah. Goons are criminals. They're not hockey players. They're out there to menace and provoke fear. They're out there to hurt people. If they did that on the street, they'd be arrested. There is nothing amusing or fun about a goon. But yet we romanticize. We rate the best fighters. The Hanson brothers are still a thing. Gordy Howe is a great player, but people tell stories about him breaking somebody's face with an elbow and then laugh about it. What the frig is so funny about breaking somebody's face with an elbow? I mentioned the Hanson brothers, and I love the Hanson brothers. But maybe that's where this all started. The movie Slapshot made violence in hockey funny. But violence isn't funny. What happened to Zach Aston Reese last night isn't funny. Goons aren't good people. They're goons. They have no honor. You can't do what Tom Wilson did and does and have any honor or respect for your opponent. If hockey won't get rid of them, let's at least see goons for what they are. No talent lumps of excrement who substitute violence for being able to actually play the game. And the irony is, one of them regulates player safety in the National Hockey League. Yikes! Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, the Paros thing really pisses me off. Him being in charge of player safety, the ex-goon. All he did when he played was endanger player safety. If Zach Aston Reese hadn't got injured so badly, Wilson wouldn't have even gotten a hearing. And by the way, we're waiting uh, the results of that. Scheduled to take place this afternoon. Usually the result from an NHL disciplinary hearing uh, leaks at around 5 p.m. or so. But if Zach Aston Reese hadn't gotten hurt so bad, Wilson would have got no punishment, no hearing. When Sully said right after the game that Aston Reese's jaw was broken, that raised the stakes. The NHL is getting exactly what it deserves in terms of bad PR. This was Wilson's third headshot in nine games. How did they let it come to this? But then I turn on ESPN this morning and Barry Melrose is defending the hit. I like Barry, but how can anybody defend that hit? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. I am a hunk of hunk of churning, burning funk right now, but we're not going to talk about that. Let's go to TC. In Coriopolis, TC, you're on with Double M. Yes, Mark. You, uh, you. It was an interesting point you made about the, uh, the who determines the uh, franchise or the legend uh, when they. Right, right. If Ben and, wants to play, what if Ben wants to play ten more years? But, well, but but the Steelers don't want him to. Who determines when Ben is done? Ben or the Steelers? The Steelers, absolutely. But here's the deal. Here's two examples, and it comes down to the the franchise evaluation. One was Franco going to Seattle, 
But the other was when they let Rod Woodson go, who played, you know, a great level of safety for a number of years after that. So well, it now, is Rod Woodson was just a free agent who went somewhere to get more money. I think the Steelers would have kept him at a certain price, but, uh, but uh, not the price Rod Woodson wanted. Whereas Franco Harris just wanted, 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 and he was sort of near the end of the line, which oh, he proved Franco when he went to Seattle. And... He was definitely at the end, you know. Right, right, exactly. Let's go to uh, Adam on the Parkway. Adam, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Uh, can you help me understand? I know the Penguins coaches don't believe this, but how an ineffective Connor Sheary or a clearly injured Phil Kessel, uh, a Daniel Strong couldn't be injected in that lineup. And could you see that happening with an elimination game, since that would be a, a last last resort? Uh if it's going to be done, it should be done now, but they're just not going to do it. I mean, I feel you, but who has the better track record of playoffs, Connor Sherry or Daniel Sprong? Daniel Sprong has no track record. Plus, I wouldn't say they're playing, you know, great defense now, and, and Daniel Sprong is not exactly a specialist in defense at forward now, is he? I mean, I would, you know who I would put him in a place of? Dominic Simone. Because Dominic Simone has no track record either. That I would do, but I, I just don't sense they're going to do that. Do you? I, no, I do not. I just I continue to look at Phil Kessel and see that his game isn't on right now, and clearly there's there's something there. Well, but you got to play Phil Kessel. I'm sure you agree with that, correct? Uh, absolutely, unless it's an injury that could be career threatening down the road, or is just making him completely. If it was that, he he wouldn't be in the lineup. And, and and let me ask you this: even though I sympathize with the notion, and I would at least consider it, of playing Sprong ahead of Dominic Simone. Would it really make that big a difference? I just thought it might inject a little bit of life into the lineup. And... I don't think there's a lack of life in the lineup. Okay. I don't think it's a matter that these guys aren't playing hard. I think it's a matter of they're in a really tight series against a really good team that's a bit more physical than they are, and, and the things the Capitals are doing over the course of 60 minutes are adding up. Although, as I said earlier in the show, uh, either team could be up three games to none. Either team could have won every game, and, and the Penguins could have easily won last night's game. No question. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Hayden and Castle Shannon. Hayden, you're on with Mark. Hey, Hayden hung up. Let's go to Ben and Dormont. Ben, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I got a little bit of a problem with the, the hit, mostly because in the video, if you watch it, you can see that he's clearly lifting his body up towards the head after contact with the shoulder. Like yeah, he's yeah. Clearly he, he doesn't rising like, up. He doesn't jump in the air per se, but he clearly drives. That's offsides. I said, "Oh, they did. it wasn't offsides, but they." I promised I wouldn't talk about it the whole game. Damn it! Uh, he clearly drove his shoulder through the hit. He didn't leap into it. He got off the ground about ten, about two inches. But then again, off the ground, off the ice, I should say. Off the ice is off the ice, correct? Correct. Exactly. It's it's clear that he was targeting for an upward target instead of just going for a body shot. Yeah. And I think that. I think and that's, that, and that's how the hit really glanced off his shoulder and took his head off. People correct. want to talk about the print, about the initial point of contact being the shoulder, but but the bottom line is, he drove it through him. He drove the shoulder off his shoulder through his head, and he definitely did it on purpose. Definitely targeted his head, specifically got him in the chin. 
Let's go to Alex in the car. Alex, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Terrific. So, going off of another caller here, what do you think the Penguins will do to replace Aston Reese in the lineup? I know Gensel and Crosby have a great chemistry right now. What about adding a little spark to the second and third line to get especially brass scoring? Okay, who do you want to put in? Maybe the thought of moving Hornquist down a line just to get no, the no, line no. Why start. would you? Why would you break up the one line that's scoring? I think even between the three of them, it's mostly Crosby and Gensel, and those two work together. No you matter could what. not possibly be more wrong. Hornquist opens up so much space for those two with his work down low. You're absolutely wrong. Breaking up that line would be a gamble and more likely a tragedy. Why do the other lines need help? Why can't they manufacture something with what they got? I mean, all the guys in this team were scoring until not too long ago, correct? This is true. You know, I just think you wait for I think you wait for it to play out. Like everybody thank you for your call. Everyone wants to switch lines, readjust the power play, rethink everything. And the bottom line is they're down two games to one in the second round of the playoffs, which is hardly a tragic place to be. In fact, it's a pretty good place to be. And you want to change everything. Wow. Come on. Let these guys play. The coach knows what he's doing, and the players know what they're doing. They have to make some adjustments, but nothing crazy. And definitely the pinch thing. they gotta, they got to ease up on that and back off that. Still do it, but do it smarter. That's the one thing I definitely would change. I definitely would change that. I would pinch less. I'd pinch smarter. We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. This is Justin Schultz of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Double M on the X. We got Rupp at the bottom of the hour. Like I keep saying, there are two separate stories to last night's game. The hit by Wilson on Zach Aston-Reese that fractured his jaw and concussed him. And, of course, the Penguins losing the game to now be at a two-games-to-one disadvantage in the second round. Uh, Hagelin practiced today but still hasn't been cleared for contact. It seems Dotville will play tomorrow. Aston Reese is obviously out. I think that means Carter Rowney's back in. I don't expect any gratuitous line shuffling, although Sully's going to look at the bottom uh, three lines. Everybody but the Crosby line really not doing very much, and I'm sure uh, juggle the forwards a little bit, but I would not break up that Crosby line. Somebody suggested putting Hornquist on the Malkin line again to give Gino a boost. I'd be tempted, and I guess you could put Rust with the Crosby line, but I like Rust where he is right now with the Gino line because, you know, if Gino's a little hampered by the injury, Rusty has the wheels. It's tough to play Kessel, I think, with Gino because you got two guys then playing hurt together and both maybe lacking their usual mobility. Then again, uh, if Kessel can't get jump started. Maybe that's a good idea. I thought Gino played okay last night. I don't think he was in absolute tip-top form, but I thought he played good, hit the post, manufactured some shots. I had no problem with Gino's game, accepting the lack of production. And, uh, boy, it's not just him that disappointed last night when it came to producing. And I bet Gino has a big game four, and I bet Gino gets on the score sheet. In fact, I have little doubt that will happen. Let's talk to 
John on Slippery Rock. John, you're on with Double M. What's up, Mark? Big fan. What up? Um, I had a like. What um type of adjustments were you looking to make with the power play? If something's not working, I want to get Kessel. Uh, he's pinned on the boards too much, and they're pressuring him. Uh, as soon as he gets the puck, so I would tend to uh, just tell Kessel whenever the puck comes his way, be moving toward it off the boards, and when the puck's on the opposite boards, get to the dot. He's too often just pinned against the boards, you know, waiting for the puck to rim its way around, as the Penguins often do to reset the power play. And uh, when he does get the puck in that position, he's getting pressured right away and to great effect by the Capitals. That's clearly something they feel they can do to negate Phil within the context of the Penguins' power play, and they're they're doing a a really bang-up job. I agree. I mean... uh Every time Kessel flies down the wing, they make sure they have a deep man stick right on him. They well, it's not so much Kessel flying down the wing. It's Kessel, you know, on the power play when they set up. I think Kessel flying down the wing is just not happening. I just think he's hurt. Let's talk to uh, Brian in Virginia. Brian, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. This might be a dumb question. I never played hockey, but I never understood why players, if you see the hit coming, if you see a guy coming at you, why don't they do what football players do and you get down, get out of the way of the hit. And What if, take, what if you don't see it coming? Well, if you don't see it coming, that's one thing. But, but if you can get down and let the hitter take himself out at the knees and go over top of you, I, I would think, you know, after a few busted ACLs. It's not the way the game's hit, played. Thank you for the call. All right. Let's go to Joe in Ocean City. Joe, you're on with Double M. Yeah, Mark, um, I got a question here, man. Like, you know, years past, uh, it was. It seemed like in the playoffs, a lot of teams would try to provoke us, you know, always trying to get us. They, to, they still are. Right. But the point now, it, it's getting, I mean, it's downright dangerous now. I mean, do you think we can still play our game? It was downright dangerous then. I mean, the, 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 the lesser teams... And I hesitate to call the Capitals a lesser team per se, but they they always try to provoke and injure the superior teams. This, what's happening is nothing new. It's just that there's been some damaging blows landed, in particular one last night. I mean, it looked like Dumoulin would be out for a while. Thank heaven for the Penguins' chances. He isn't, and for Dumo too. But but it's just you know it it this is this is not a new thing. Let's talk to. Quinn in Dormont, the mighty Quinn. You're on with Double M. Yeah, hey, Mark. What's up? Uh, do you think how much of a uh, mentor will Big Ben be to Mason Rudolph? That's actually a really good question. Does Ben strike you as a mentor? Uh, not really. I mean, Land. He didn't really help Landry Jones with Josh Dobbs, but I'm hoping it would be. You like see, and I don't think, and I don't situation. think. I don't think that, that he should have to be a mentor. I mean, he he's a thirty whatever what thirty five year old man right now, trying to trying to hold on to his job and do it the best he can. I think he has enough you know to worry about himself as opposed to trying to make sure Mason Rudolph is going to be a worthy successor. Don't don't you think? Yeah. yeah who do you think will actually uh, help Mason Rudolph? I, I would hope the coaches. That's the yeah, coaches' jobs. I mean. I just think that that you know it's it's the co- you know it's not the quarterback's job to do that. It's not the incumbents. It's the it's the coaches. 
I mean, why can't he just – that's how almost every quarterback, heck, every athlete in every game does. He gets coached and develops and figures out a lot on his own because he's played the game his whole life. But I do wonder about Ben's mentoring. You'll recall that a lot of the young defensive players, the linebacker, said that James Harrison was not a mentor when they were angry at him when he left to go to New England. Let's go to Nate in Texas. Nate, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. Um, I understand, you know, Sprong's obviously not going to be in the lineup uh, in this series or if we make it further than that. But well, I don't know. He's probably point, one more injury away. At what point? Then again, uh, you know what? I'm not. If Sprong had practiced today with the main group, I would think he'd be a candidate to replace Aston Reese in the lineup. But Sprong did not practice today with the main group. And so it starts to feel to me a little bit like the Pouliot situation. You know, at what point... Yeah, are you really concerned now them? about Sprong's future with the team? I'm concerned about tomorrow night. Uh, does it feel a bit like the Pouliot situation? No, because Pouliot was really bad and showed very little signs of development even in Wilkes. Uh, th- th- there's one thing in common. They're not crazy as a staff. The coach is about either one of them. I will say that. Not Pouliot then and not Sprong now. Let's go to Casey in Myrtle Beach. Casey, you're on with the Super Genius. Hey, Super Genius. I think everybody needs to calm down and have a beer right now. Let's have a beer. We're all having a beer. Hey, Mark, on a two-on-one, is a defenseman supposed to play the pass and the goalie's supposed to play the shot? you talking about Latang on the last two-on-one? Absolutely. Well, he kind of got hung out to drive by the turnover and then... Wilson tripping uh, Mata to keep Mata from getting back in the play. I think one thing that hindered the Penguins uh, on that play, not just Latang, was they had all been out there for a long shift and it had a lot of possession down low in the other zone. And then for some inexplicable reason, they started to work the puck up high, Casey. You've you got to be right. aware of, of scoring situation in that case. And they, they, sh- they should have played it safer. At that point, just keep it down low if something develops, great, but going to overtime in your home rink ain't the worst thing in the, the world. Then again, Norris scoring in the last minute in your home rink to break a tie. So I, I, I don't think they should have you know played it safe necessarily. I, I think they gambled too much on that last play, both working the puck back up high at the end of the shift, uh, which left most of their players tired, and then the uh, misguided pinch. Which at that point, you know, I, I just, I didn't see a need. I didn't see a need to pinch there on a 50-50 puck or worse at the end of a long shift with the scoring situation being what it was. Up next, it's Mike Rupp. This is the Mark Madden Show 105.9. Yeah. Not your wallet. This is Carl Haglin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Joining me now. A Stanley Cup champions with New Jersey. He played for the Penguins. You can see him now on the NHL Network. We welcome back to the show Mike Rupp. Rupper, uh, Wilson has a hearing today. That's long overdue. And a suspension is long overdue. That's his third headshot of the playoffs. Third headshot, nine games. What's your take? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'd say he's uh, the hot topic in the National Hockey League right now. And not one that you really want to be the hot topic under that circumstance. I, I guess when I'm looking at that hit, 
hear me out here before everyone starts throwing their their drinks at the the car or whatever their whatever situation they're at right now. But if I'm looking at the play and I don't know anything that happened to Zach Aston Reese uh, post game and, and know that he has a broken jaw, I look at that hit. I, if I'm a ref in that game, I'm not calling a penalty on the play. I, I don't – in the live action that you see, I don't see – it looks like a good, strong, solid hit in, in my books. But the fact of the matter is the guy's got a broken jaw. So those angles that I've seen and you've seen and all of us fans and, and everybody has seen, even looking at those angles, I, I still feel the same way about it. But – there are a bunch of other angles. I've been in that department of player safety room. I've seen they have a slew full of angles that we will never see and can see. There's something that's going to show that there's obviously more to it. There's a reason why this guy's got a concussion and a broken jaw. I think as soon as they see those things, Tom Wilson will be suspended, and we're waiting upon that right now. But it, it, it's tough because in that moment when I look at it, I, 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 I'm just giving you my opinion. I I, I don't have that big of a problem with it. I think it's because it's Tom Wilson and maybe he shouldn't have been playing in the game in the first place. That's where all this starts getting stirred up. So um, I, I think definitely he'll, he'll be missing some time here and, and we'll be probably hearing about this shortly. Why do we romanticize the goon? Why do we say what great guys they are? They're not great guys. They're goons. They menace, intimidate and hurt. They're, they're, they're a blight to the game, Ropper. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I I think the goon part. I mean, he's been a pretty effective role on that top line in the playoffs for that team. Um, he's been uh, making actually some pretty good plays, uh, getting assists with those players and, and making good outlet plays to them and with speed. So, Tom Tom Wilson can play. He just seems to always toe that line, and that's a line that. We don't really know what, what where that line is because there seems to be some inconsistency with stuff. I mean, if you're looking back, and I hate comparing different cases here and there throughout the playoffs, but when you look at that Drew Doughty, if we remember that suspension, I, I didn't think that was that bad, and he got a game for that. And then you see some of these other ones. The one thing I, I, I will say with two of his prior hits, the, the other two headshots you're talking about, uh, Listen, I was that player. I, I, I understand it, and the game's changed, and I wouldn't be allowed to play that way, and, and I got in trouble for it my last year playing because the game was changing that route. When, uh, Let's say, for an example, uh, what was the, who was the, uh, the player he had? Uh, Columbus. Is, uh, er, uh, Alexander Wenberg. Weinberg. Wenberg. So when he hit Wenberg, that situation, Wenberg had a guy on him. So anytime me as a player, I'm pursuing somebody that is already being covered by somebody, that's me flat out trying to take an extra shot. I would do it all the time. It was allowed to happen at those times. That's where I have a little bit of a problem is he's seeking these hits out. Uh, I'm not talking about the Zach Aston Reese one. I'm talking about that one and then the uh, Brian Dumlin one. Dumlin's going to get hit by Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson seeking. You know what I mean? As a player in the game so fast, when you have the puck or you're making a play on the puck, you see one guy coming. That's your guy you're engaged with. You're trying to decide what the proper move is there. And he comes in and he, he, he blindsides. And he doesn't know. You don't know. You're not expecting. It's very unorthodox because not many guys in the league do that still. Tom Wilson does. So I think when he's in those moments where he is pursuing a guy that already has coverage on him, he's absolutely looking to knock the guy in the next week. So I think that needs to be taken into account, whether the kid was clean or not. His intent in some of those situations are, I'm going to go in here, 
and this guy's going to feel it. And I think that's a, a fine line with hockey fans. A lot of them think that that's the way hockey is. Uh, I, I don't think that's the way the hockey is going. So uh, I actually would have a, a bigger problem with those kind of plays because I think that those are the ones, and I hate using the word intent, and I had a great talk with Rob Rossi about it uh, as far as the way that word intent should be taken right out of everything. But in those plays where he's seeking a guy that's already being checked, that is intent. He's going in there because he's unsuspected, and he's going to go in there and, again, try to knock you in the next week. How damaging was last night's loss for Pittsburgh? It's still only two games to one. What worries me most from a Pittsburgh perspective is Ovechkin really seems to be taking over the series. Yeah, I think this is the first time we've seen this Caps team play with some resolve. They don't seem to be crumbling when things don't go their way. Um, they are pushing back. They're answering the bell. I mean, I, I'm more concerned about what we've seen from the Caps than concerned I have for the Penguins. I, I think this Penguins team, I mean, you're playing in this series – he had a couple games out of Evgeny Malkin. Um, he's going to be getting back going here and, and obviously played this last game, but he's going to start feeling it a little bit more. I think we're going to start seeing more. We need to see more from Phil Kessel. Um, I, I think those. I think the Penguins front, I, I, I'm okay. I, I think that they've shown us enough that they, they've had times over the last two seasons when they've won the Cup where they've been outplayed in series or they've been outplayed the entire series and they still find a way to win. Um, I, I'm not concerned from there. I'm concerned with, is this the old Caps or is this a new Caps? Because if it's a new Caps, I'm concerned. Um, but you never know. I, you usually can't teach a, uh, an old dog new tricks, and, and I'm not sure if, if we've seen that yet. It's only been three games. The Penguins allowed four two-on-one breaks in the last ten minutes of the game, which was tied until Washington untied it on the very last two-on-one. How does that happen, Rupper? That's not exactly playoff hockey, is it? No, it's the one thing, even going to that, the, the, the winning goal in the game, um, I wrote it down. I'm going to do a breakdown of it this week on NHL Network. But if I recall, it was Evgeny Malkin was out there. He was lugging the puck in the offensive zone and he did it and they were grinding it out and that coming up to that last minute of the, of the game, tie game. And he did a great job of holding on to the puck in the defensive zone, winning puck battles, lifting sticks, getting the puck. And then he made a real smart change, got the puck out to the point. Evgeny Malkin goes off for a change. Then you get uh, you get reinforcements. You only get one reinforcement out there. I would have liked to have seen the Penguins when they're in that possession to get a, a few more fresh bodies out there. You had guys who were out there for a little bit, although you also had the Washington Capitals who had guys out there a little bit. So I, I think it's a, there's a, such a fine line of pressing for that winning goal and also when it doesn't go your way and you have that Olimana mishap, and next thing you know, that puck's coming down the ice on a two-on-one. It's it, You went from flirting with trying to win instead of maybe playing the clock a little bit right there and understanding that maybe we should have gotten another fresh body or two out there. You had possession. The possession wasn't an issue. You could have trickled off a couple guys in, in a high F3 or a defenseman and get a change, and, and that didn't happen, and it, and it came back to bite him. Did Mata get tripped by Wilson on that last goal? I mean, I you know, think I, he did, but should the refs have called it? That's the funniest thing about it is that all this talk we're talking with, deservingly so, with the Aston Reese hit, is I watched that play, and I'm not sure I saw a good angle that showed me. I'm, the, the camera angle pans away, and it it looked like a trip to me. I mean, he's coming in to hold the puck in. Next thing you know, he's on his rear end, and that puck's squirting free, and you got a two-on-one. So um, I haven't seen a, a, a great angle on it, but 
I mean, in that situation, uh, I don't know what else that would happen to him uh, as far as on that play. He's going there. He's just trying to pound that thing, you know, pound that thing back down the boards or, or get it back in the zone. You got a minute left in the game, and and next thing you know, he's looking at the at the rafters, and uh, you got a two on one with two dangerous players. I'm a Matt Murray defender, but he's got to stop that third goal, that Niskanen goal. If that goal doesn't go in, I think the Penguins win. Yeah, yeah, I would say that too. Um, I, I I just feel I feel like you got it two one right now in this series. You can argue it either way. You can I mean you can argue it could be three nothing Caps. Uh, it very well could be. No, it could easily be 3 nothing either team. That's what's amazing about yeah. this series and why it's so exciting, Rupper. I think both teams could have won all three games. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I, I guess the thing that I'm kind of clinging to is I think we've seen the best from the Caps in the series. We haven't seen anything close to being the best from the Pens. They haven't been horrible. They've been they've been all right. But it's been the Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby show for the most part. I'm waiting now for these depth players that we've seen in the past. I mean, when they've been in these situations, this is where you've seen a Nick Benino come through on a you know this third line that chips in and, and does these things, and and I'm I'm waiting to, to see that. Um, and I'm I also think, like I said before, I think if Gunny Malkin's going to start getting back on track here and and, and getting more involved in and and uh, kind of creating a little bit more offense, but I I think that if there's a silver lining, we've seen the best from the Caps. We haven't seen it from the Pens and the Matt Murray front. There's nothing in his career up to this point that hasn't that he hasn't shown where he's going to bounce back. I expect him to be airtight uh, come Game Four. We're talking to Mike Grupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with a new Macan. Uh, the Crosby line is amazing, but the Pens are getting zero scoring besides from that line. How can they fix that? Yeah, it's uh, you, you saw some line shuffling and. Head coach Mike Sullivan's never been shy from that, so I would expect some more of that. You're looking for a spark. You're looking to find something. I don't know. I I don't know what the magic answer is. I'd like to see. Although he's been okay, I I think he has more to offer. I'd like to try to see Derek Broussard's minutes go up a little bit to see if he can. You know, he's used to playing his last two teams in Ottawa and New York. He's a top six guy. Gets top six minutes. Um, you can't really argue that for him on this team because of the depth they have at the center ice position, but uh, they need someone, and he has that nickname, Big Game Brass, and uh, I think that there's an opportunity maybe to try to get him involved a little bit more and get him some more minutes and uh, see if that works. They need a spark from somewhere else in the lineup. They've got some great things going from the top, but uh, we need it, uh, We need to see it happen throughout that lineup, and that's been that's been the, the, the M.O. of this team the last couple seasons. They have four lines, definitely three top nine guys who are the top nine in the league in the last two years. Uh, we need to see some of that chipping in. Uh, how did Gino look in his first game back from injury, and what's your take on the way Kessel's currently playing? Um, Gino, Gino looked, uh, he looked he looked good. I mean, I, I thought that in certain, certain one-on-one puck battles, he was the Gino that I would expect. He was... He's hard on pucks. He's hard in those battles. It's, you can't take the puck away from him. If you do, he's usually coming and getting it right back. Um, you know, I, I think Gino will be just fine. Phil, for me, I, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard with Phil, and I mean this in the most respectful way. That there's there's tons of times when you watch him during a year where he, there's things that frustrate you, but then he just needs the puck on his stick once, and it's in the net. So it's hard to really assess where his game's at because there's a lot of times when he's on fire and he's 
at the beginning of the year, we're talking he's the Penguins MVP at the beginning of the season. There's still a lot of that stuff going on in his game, but um, I'd like to see him grab a hold of things a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I still haven't really seen him with that skating ability. Sometimes you just see him shot out of a cannon. He looks he, he's a he's a man on a mission, and and I haven't seen it yet in this series. So, um, well, I know, think he's playing hurt, Rupert, don't you? Yeah, some doesn't look right. He doesn't seem to be moving. And, and and one of the things with Phil that he does such a good job of too is he not that he's a huge player to play in traffic, but he doesn't shy away from it. There's a couple instances in last night's game where you see him with the puck and and maybe instead of, you know, making that straight line play towards the net, he's kind of dancing to the outside like he's trying to avoid a little bit of contact. So um, the first thing that pops in my mind is that's not usually how he plays, so maybe there's something going on with him. But um, as long as his shot's okay, as long as he can shoot that puck, um, that's that's something the Penguins need right now. Where's this series go from here, Ropper? I think the Penguins win game four, and then uh, we'll see what happens after that. I, I still feel very strongly the Pens win this series. Uh, I think it starts with a big game four win, but uh, everybody buckle in. I have a feeling this is going to go seven. Oh, I, I predicted seven from the get-go. I do feel like tomorrow night's must win, though, because as good as the Penguins have been, uh, just given the amount of games they played, the fatigue factor, I don't think it's prevalent now. But I think, Don, three games to one, it would be tough to kind of dig in and fight back from there. Yeah, no, it, it, and you can't underestimate. The, there's something There's something that with the, the superstars of this team, and, and i got to see it firsthand, being fortunate enough to play with them. It, it's almost better to not poke these guys. And they're being prodded real hard by 43 and the other team. And, you know, even, even I mean, there's – you see guys being upset with Barry Trotz's comments and, you know, guys just acting like this is just another day at the office with Tom Wilson. And I think that that's just firing these guys up and, uh, you know, a pissed off group of Pittsburgh Penguins. I've seen it before. It's, it's not good for you. So I, I would expect for, uh, all these guys to answer. Rupper, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks. That's Mike Rupp brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Well, I'm wrung out like a sponge, but delirious with joy. A.S. Roma scored twice in the last five minutes to win today's game 4-2 at Olympico Stadium in Rome. But Liverpool are in the Champions League final 7-6 on aggregate. Thank God that's over, and it ended like it did because I couldn't have lasted another second. Like I said... Run out like a sponge. 105.9 X. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, we're still eagerly awaiting the results of the phone hearing that Washington's Tom Wilson was supposed to have with the NHL Department of Player Safety. Uh, what's your prediction? Do you think Wilson will get suspended for... A game, two games, three games, what's your call? Uh, I think he will get suspended, Mark, but I have no idea how many games because he's been suspended twice already this year. He is a repeat offender, but we're in Well, the... one of those suspensions was in the preseason. It was preseason, right. He had to sit out two exhibition games, which is the most laughable punishment in a league that specializes in laughable <laughs> punishments. I bet he gets one game by way of appeasing the bad publicity and appeasing the Penguins. 
but it won't be nearly enough. Yeah, I, I could agree with that, and I absolutely you know concur with that would not be enough for what he's doing and what he's doing to the game. Um, the suspension earlier this year was four games, right? And I know two two exhibition games was the first suspension that right. was in the preseason, obviously, and then four games early in the season. So if they're going to ratchet this up, if this is a guy that you know has this in his game, this is how he plays, you want him to stop doing it. How do you just give him one game, even though it is the playoffs? Who says they want him to stop doing it? Well, They wanted him to stop doing it. They would have punished him after they hit the Wenberg or they hit the Dumoulin. They don't want him to stop doing it. They want to give the illusion they want him to stop doing it. Right, the illusion that they care now. Well, right, and that'll mean a one-game suspension, and it wouldn't shock me if he, he just got a fine and a slap on the wrist. Uh, as Mike Rupp pointed out, the the not funny, because nothing was funny about what Tom Wilson did last night, but the hit to Aston Reese and the damage done duly noted, the most effect Wilson had on the game was tripping Oli Mata to spring Ovi on that 2-1-1 that led to the game-winning goal for the Capitals. That... Definitely should have been a minor penalty. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, right as Rupper said that, I had a tweet showing the side, like the view, right down the board. So there's no mistake in this one. His his legs aren't cut off from the overview camera that they usually use right at center ice. He definitely comes in and he sweeps the leg, Danielson. Uh, it's not super blatant, but he knows exactly what he's doing. He puts Mata on the back, and granted, that was a bad turnover by Mata, but that two-on-one doesn't happen if he's not taken off his feet like he is by by Wilson, of course. That said, there are a lot of two-on-ones uh, against the Penguins in the last 10 minutes of that game. Bob, the pinching's out of control. It's not that I don't want them to do it. I don't want them to do it every time. I want them to be more judicious according to their chances of getting the puck and according to score and situation. Yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate that it happened on that last one, Mark, because they really did control the play for that full 50, you know, 50 seconds, a minute, 10, whatever it was. And I but, think- but then they, they started making plays up high. You know, even though they did a great job threatening to score and, like you say, controlling the play in, in the 50 or so seconds before Washington got that game-winning goal off the 2-1-1, they played it totally dumb near the end of that that uh, spot of pressure, and they, they should have just kept it down low, and like Rupper said, uh, trickled a few guys off, made a partial change uh, while controlling the puck. Yeah, because they had the Capitals beat. Uh, I mean, the Capitals were winded at that time, just like the Penguins were. Um, I, I don't know so much dumb. I know well, that they I thought, were... I thought the biggest danger uh, for the Capitals on that play, maybe danger's not the right word, but but uh, I thought Ovi would run out of gas. I didn't think that was Ovi and, uh, and was it Backstrom or Kuznetsov? I think it was Backstrom. I thought those guys might run out of gas before they got to the other end of the rink. I thought so too. I, I mean, I honestly thought so too. I thought the game was going to end there with how how long the Capitals had been out on the ice and for the chances that the Penguins have to just have it blown on that turnover and then the trip. Uh, you know, if I was out there, I know that they were going for the throat. They had a minute. They're at home. They had the you know Capitals reeling. They're going for it right there. It just ended up in the back of our net. Um, I don't know. In the same situation, yeah, maybe you're a little bit more careful with it up high, but I do understand what they were going for. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. Don't forget, we have Dejan Kovacevic at the bottom of the hour. This is the Mark Madden Show. In just 30 seconds, I'll tell you why. Hockey's national television presence does them absolutely no favors in the wake of an incident 
like the Tom Wilson hit last night. 105.9 The X.